You're listening to the Living Adventures Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Ashley Milkey and Victoria Vance. Tune in for a new episode every Thursday to hear our honest conversations about topics like freedom, creativity, spirituality, luxury living, health and wellness, and above all else, building community. We have real and unfiltered conversations inspired by our search to feel connected to people who give a shit about us, support our dreams, and understand our struggles. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to navigate any moment in your life with the lens of your neurodivergent mind, with a community who gets you. Adventure on. Hello. Hello from Mexico. We're together. Both of us are in Mexico. The podcast launched yesterday, um, which ended up being a crazy day, which we will talk about later (laughs) but we first want to before anything else before we talk about what we're talking about today address something that we have been asked by a few listeners who is Bo? i did not realize i did not explain Bo well Bo is a dog not a boyfriend he's not a boyfriend he's not my husband Bo is a dog i raised from my mom uh who is a therapist and he is a trained therapy boy dog whatever you want to call them and goes to work now with my mom. I was raising him for the first year of his life because my mom did not want to really fully do that and everything. And he is now with my mom working. Sad, sad, because we miss baby Bo. Oh, I miss Max. I'm in Mexico. I've been in Mexico with you, I don't know, like three days. <laughs> and I'm like, I miss my puppy. Okay, I think it's been four days. But today's topic, puppies aside, is all about... How to know what you want, getting what you want, separating your wants from people pleasing, all of those kind of things. So if you are interested in knowing how to know if you want something because you actually want it versus you doing things because people told you to do it, this is the episode for you. Before we dive into that, we really do need to do a life update because if you could see us on the YouTube channel now, you might notice our hair is looking a little green. It's looking a little blue. It's looking a little weird because what had happened was is we were like, wow, life is so fun. Let's go swimming. We'll go like at a night swim and it'll be so good. It was so good. It was so relaxing. We it was so up. wonderful. Oh, we saw stars. stars. We, the water was so soft, so relaxing after walking and getting back because we went out and celebrated. We got mocktails, mocktails. by the way. Everybody. So good. Passion fruit mocktails because if you know, you know, my addiction to my passion fruit is real and we were looking for sweatshirts. We didn't find any. And we're like, all right, let's go swimming. Let's end this night. End the stress cycles. All that jazz. Had a wonderful time. Pleasant. So good. Um, and then anarchy began. And then the world came for my ass. <laughs> um, fun fact. Grasshoppers are good luck. But they also are massive not the good luck i'm looking for so before we get into why our hair is green i mean i'm sure you can already assume why our hair is green but before we even realized that we were trying to go home and victoria's apartment is on the fourth floor and so we were going up the stairwell yes there is no elevator it's just stairs and i see the grasshopper who i've seen before on facetime with victoria and maybe we've talked about this on here and it is the size of my foot like that is how big these grasshoppers in mexico are and they fly which, when I tried to first describe that, because the first time I ran into it, we were on FaceTime, and I was picking up food, and I was coming back to my apartment, and it was, like, on my door, and I was, like, terrified. I was like, you don't understand how big this is. And it's, like, even over camera, she literally did not understand how big it was. And then yesterday, she was like, 
oh my gosh, no, what I the heck? And I was like, I told you, it's like half the size of my foot. It is insanely big. The wingspan is huge. And it has like the legs, the, the wings are like red on the back and everything. And this, I don't know if this was the same one as the first time. And he was putting revenge on my life because I did throw my shoe at him. I did not kill him. Okay. That to be very clear. This first one that I saw before Ashley came did not kill him at all. We did not kill this one either. I was going to say, to clarify, there have been no grasshoppers killed. They're so big, it would feel like an actual murder. I would never. They're so big. We debated it, but we were too scared. I don't even know how you would. So what we did do, because this thing was coming at us. It was flinging at us. First, I threw a soda can at him, and that really did not do anything but make him very angry and guard even more of the upstairs and, like, we're moving in slow motion and we're like, we go really, really slow. Like maybe he won't notice us. And then he did every single time he did. And Victoria Mm -hmm. just said he was mimicking us because literally like we were peeping around the corner of the stairwell. And then we're like, where did he go? And we couldn't see him. And then all of a sudden we see him peek his little beady eyes over the corner. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And then we were planning to go to a corner and then he was like, all right, bet. And then went to the corner and everything. This literal grasshopper was mimicking us, and then mocking he flew us. At us, and chased us down the stairs. Yes. He chased us down a flight of stairs. So we went all the way down. We waited <laughs> for a bit. Okay, this whole saga maybe took like thirty to forty minutes. Yeah, no lie. And then I was like, "No more. We're going up." And you're like, "What are we gonna do?" I'm like, "I don't know." And then I looked around the ground, and I found this like old dried up palm leaf branch, whatever. And I'm like, "All right, we're going up." And this felt like Mission Impossible. Like we're going around the staircase because it was like a spirally kind of one. And Victoria would go up the first one, and she would kind of be like, "All clear." And then I would go up the next one, and be like, "All right, all clear." And then we found the grass. We found it, and I was going to poop myself. I was so scared. Um, and. We found it, and it was on a new step. It was trying to come down, but it didn't want to just jump off one of the ledges. And because the stairs are, like, outside, like, it's Mexico. Like, it's it's warm. It's vibey here. And then we were terrified. People were suggesting, and by people, I mean Ashley's husband, was suggesting we get a cup. This thing would not fit in a cup, nor did we have access to a cup. We're outside. We're trying to come in from swimming, like. And we were dripping we wet we in our towels. Wet. We're tired. We want to go shower and go to bed. Mind you, our hair is green and we do not know about it still. <laughs> yeah. And so, after taking pictures and videos, uh, to prove because people thought we were being unrealistic, we kind of yeah. shoved him. I took the branch and I was like going so slow. I'm like, Victoria, I don't know how to do this. I'm scared. I don't know. She's like, just go, just go. And I'm like, literally have the branch in my hand and I'm like getting closer and closer. And my plan in my mind was I was going to knock the grasshopper off of like the ledge of the staircase, like and go over basically a balcony. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I mess this up the first time I tried to hit it, I missed. And I was like, actually, this is, this is the only chance you got. If you don't do this, he's going to attack you. And so we got him out and then we booked, booked it. it up. We ran stairs. as fast as we could up the stairs. We opened the the door was slammed, slammed it. oh my gosh it was terrifying i was like i don't know there's a lesson in there somewhere there i'm not ready to process that it's too much for me too much and honestly like the first time it came and ashley was like oh it's good luck and everything by the way i still have an ant issue um from two episodes like it's still thing and i tried to fix it this morning and they delivered stuff for cockroaches instead of ants so that's an <laughs> issue still have ants and Ashley was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, the movie, like, uh, they, Bugs, they, Life. Bugs Life, like, they eat ants and everything. No, they don't. So we thought, like, the good luck was they were going to get, it was going to get rid of my ant problems. No. 
And I did not have good luck last time, and I did not have good luck this time. And anything, it just gave me little T trauma. <laughs> little T trauma is real. Yeah, and so then after that, we're like, okay, well, let's go take a shower, get all this pool stuff off of us. And I'm, like, in my room, like, getting my pajamas on, and I hear Victoria screaming. And I'm like, what the heck? Is she talking to me? Is that somebody outside? And she's like, is your hair green. And I was like, what? She's like, I repeat, is your hair green? And I hadn't looked at my hair yet. I just got another shower and I look and I like pull it to the side and I'm like, <gasps> I was like, my hair is mother effing green right now. I'm going to cry. <laughs> and, um, that starts stress cycle number two. Cause I was calming down in the shower and then I was like, wow, this mask I've used, I never realized it always makes my hair green. <laughs> Interesting. It's not a green mask or anything. That's Huh. And I was like, hmm, no, your hair's green. No, it's not the mask. Um, and so then last night we had to keep researching about our hyperfixation turned into green hair edition of how to get rid of our green hair. Yeah, there's a lot of ways. I, um, I will not be putting ketchup on my hair. And it turns out your hair doesn't turn green because of chlorine. I think that's a common misconception. Your hair actually turns green because of metals and copper that is in the water. And actually the chlorine, all it does is it breaks down your hair, which makes it easier for the metals and the copper to get inside of your hair, which is why it's a deadly duo. And so everybody talks about like ketchup and vinegar and all these weird home products to put in your hair which actually cause more damage and breakage. And thanks to the power of TikTok, I found out that there's a metal detox shampoo that helps remove metals from your hair to be determined if that actually works or not. Um, so we'll let you know in the next episode after we wash our hair about seven times. And mind you, I, we asked help from my hairstylist. I DM'd him late at night and I was like, um, my hair turned green in Mexico, help. And he was like, oh my gosh, no, it didn't send pics. Nobody believes us when we're telling them things are happening. First, Adrian, Ashley's husband, now my hairstylist. And I sent pictures and he's like, oh my gosh, your hair really is green. Like, do people not believe us and understand? When I say my hair is green, I know it might not seem it's like- It's even more green in person. I've got pictures, okay? It's more in person and I have a lot of pictures. We can post them to prove this, okay? My hair is green. And he was shocked. And he was like, yikes, I wouldn't get your hair wet in the water. That is not helpful <laughs> advice at this time. Um, uh, I'm like, it, was it worth it, though? Like, it was kind of worth it. If, if it does come out with this detox shampoo. I will be still getting my hair wet. That, oh, really? Oh. I, I have know. a bottle. Not every single time, but. Oh, I'm like, I don't Oh, if it works. Wow. She said, I will risk it for the biscuit. I will say it was worth it. Like, last night was relaxing and peaceful. Yeah. I do not know that I will be getting my hair in the pool. But stay tuned. Well, you know, if it works and right it works now. so well, like, and it, maybe not sure. all the time, but like, you know, really like once a week, you know, it's really refreshing. Honestly, I don't know how people, I know all the hair extensions, everything is like really bad. I don't have any of that. I just bleach my hair and like, yeah, that's high maintenance, but not as high maintenance as some go. And I have no judgment and everything, but I do not know how you resist the urge to dunk your head. It is so relaxing. Oh, and it's like 100 degrees here. I don't know how to resist oh, that urge. I saw a guy swimming like 10 minutes ago, and he has a swimming cap on, so that's what yeah, you got to do. He it's also has dark hair. I see him. I know him. I see he swims every single day. Oh, that's so cute. What a way. Um, and yes, I maybe my swim cap will arrive. My mom, my mom is sending me a package with a bunch of stuff that didn't come before Did I Did you tell left. her to pack your swim cap? She was supposed to, whether she did, I Oh, no that idea. would be so good. She was supposed to pack the swim cap and the bathing suit that I ordered. Um, nice. So we'll see. Cool. 
I like it. Anyways, that that's that. And so that made me feel <laughs> exhausted with a capital E today and feel like I have no good ideas. But we did come up with one good idea today. And that is the topic of today's podcast, which is how to know if you're doing stuff because you want to or because you are trying to please others in your life, which is like, wow, you can go so many ways with this. So Victoria, kick us off. I experience this heavily. Is that? <laughs> but realistic. This is something I still struggle with and I help a lot of my clients with. And I think it's kind of like a lifelong battle, especially with growing up with ADHD and kind of doing so much for others. It also can relate to a lot of trauma and everything. Perfectionism, just the whole bandwagon. I think it takes a lot of time to go about it. Currently, I'm still working on it in my business. And I wrote an email about this this week. And we have been talking about this topic of, I felt like a horrible coach in the coaching industry because I don't keep my clients for two to three years. I can send my client off within three to nine months for the most part. And I was like, I'm a horrible coach then. They don't want to sign with me. They don't want to work with me. And I'm in thinking about how other people do things and doing it for them. And I need to make my practice exactly like theirs if I want to be successful and like, that's what was preached in my coaching um, program. And so I was like, I'm, I'm a horrible coach then, but it's not true. I had to remember is like, I don't honestly want to work with my clients for two years. I love all of them. If any of them are listening, but if I have to <laughs> solve <said> the <laughs> same problems and never, it's just like, I mean, I get bored of things too. Okay. And I want you to, I build my programs to work on their confidence, to build their tool set, and to also set you up for failure to get comfortable in solving your own problems so that you do not need me forever. That is the goal, in my opinion, with working um, as a coach, as well as like with me and everything. I don't want to work with you forever. Maybe other people don't like that. Maybe other people don't agree with that, but I'm like, let's get in, let's go do it, and let's get you out so you can go live your life and live a happy, enjoyable life, and you know what to do, and you're confident. But it took time to realize that. Yeah, because I think like there's like for business owners a lot of pressure to do follow roadmaps and do the way things every the do things the way everyone else is doing them. And so if you look around and you see like within your coaching practice that like it's preached like, oh, you want to re-sign clients, re-sign clients. It's the easiest way to make money is with the clients that you already have. I hear that a lot too. You hear about people who are like, you want one small ticket offer to lead to a bigger ticket offer, to lead to a higher ticket offer, so you can maintain clients for the longest amount of time. And yeah, I think like the base of it is that if it thinking about the topic, if that's not what you want to do and that doesn't bring you joy, it's not going to work out. Um, on the topic though of like retaining clients and things like that, I even had a sales call yesterday where someone was like, oh, like I invested in this program over and over and over again and I didn't see results and I'm starting to think it's because I, you know, didn't trust myself and I just need to figure out how to do this on my own. And that makes me really sad because, you know, if I think about how people run their businesses, at least in the coaching space, people do things like that. So people have to depend on their coach, depend on their program, depend on a system for a long amount of time. And so they're not getting results. It's intentional because people don't want them to foster their in confidence, their knowledge, their toolbox and allow them to go. But then people get into that spot like that client was on that sales call where they're like, oh, well, I just need to figure out how to do it on my own because obviously nobody can help me. And it's like, no, it's not that nobody can help you. It's that nobody really wanted to help you because they're trying to maintain you as a client. Um, and at least that's how I perceive it, right? Because obviously the person who's doing that and running their business that way, maybe they're doing exactly what they want. But I think 
one of the things that has to happen as a business owner is you do have to learn how you like to do things. And that takes the longest amount of time and it can take some testing. And actually I was in a program one time where I was like, oh, can I test this strategy out and that strategy out? And the person was like, why are you going to test stuff? Just do what we say. And I was like, goodbye. I left that program because absolutely not. And it's also, in my opinion, like a scarcity mindset of like, oh, there's not enough clients. So I need to like hold them for as long as I think mm-hmm. I can and everything to like mm-hmm. squeeze out as much money. And like that goes into the full capitalism and everything that goes into a lot of bad places where coaches sit, where it's just like to get money, to sell you a specific reason, to sp- sell you on a specific idea and small view of a story that they're going to tell. And like a lot of, I think we don't really digest motivational speakers a lot of the time. We're just like, oh my gosh, that's so inspiring and everything. You don't dig deep into the story. And oftentimes, because you might not know them, you might not have access to that. And a lot of it, not necessarily isn't true, but it's it's not that inspiring. It's not what you want or anything. And it's just mm. like, they gave you a lot of emotions and everything. I've noticed in the past when I pay attention to like motivational people is I need to pay attention to like what it's really making me feel. Cause like, it can just feel like motivating and everything, but like pay attention to like where you're feeling, how you're feeling it. Is it helping you give action? Is it just like, oh yeah, like go do the thing, go do the thing. Or is it like literally internalizing inside of you and making you feel ready to take action? And like the roadmap thing is there is so many ways to do it. And it took a while to be confident in the choice of why I'm doing that. I don't want to keep thinking of problems to have to always solve for my clients. I'm like, yes, I do that. But I want you to go have a successful life without me. That's just my opinion. And it doesn't make me a bad coach, I think. But I had to slowly get there. Yeah, because it takes a lot of courage to have confidence in doing the things that you want to do the way you want to do them. Like, cause the way this came out up is like Victoria and I were walking and I was like, I, I don't even know how it started, but I was talking about how I thought I was a bad coach because I let my clients go after three months or they didn't always resign. Or sometimes they only worked with me for six months. And you know, a lot of times you can see people working with business coaches or other kind of coaches for two, three years, as she said. And then like, you know, you get down to the root of it. It takes courage to say, I know everyone's doing something one way, but I'm doing this another way because I believe in myself and I believe in my mission and I believe in things like that. And it's not just like retaining clients that this applies to. It replies to everything in business. And I have to dismantle this with my clients. And every single time I work with a new client, because a lot of times, and this happened for me, you build a business the way you think a business has to be built. And then you're like, oh my gosh, and this could be true for your career, your relationships, your friendships. And then you get to a place where you're like, I'm not happy. And you have to figure out why, you know, like there was a really long time where I thought I had to charge really high prices. And no matter if it was a new business owner, an old business owner, I had to charge these high prices. And I was getting so frustrated because I'm like, I just want to help people. I just want to help a lot of people. And nobody was doing what I wanted to do, which was like offer a really short six week program and charge really low for it and help a bunch of new business owners start their business. And it wasn't really until one of my coaches gave me permission to do the thing I wanted to do that I felt confident enough to say, okay, everyone's going to think I'm crazy for selling this program for only $500 when I used to sell it for 4,000, but I'm going to do it because that's what's going to make me happy. And we all, a lot of the times we always are thinking about how other people will think about it, how your clientele might think about it, how other people might think about it. And something we also had inside that conversation is like when we were going to a coach, we didn't go to them for like two or three years. We would go to them for a short amount of oh, time, yeah. get the information we want and leave. And it's like, well, why can't our clients do that? Yeah, right. Like, why can't 
we just give them the information, help them do the thing and then go on their merry way. Like, yeah. isn't that the point? I'm here to help you solve your problems and then send you. And so that was my permission structure. It's so true. And I feel like the, like part of the reason why I feel, we feel like we can't do that is there's so much conflicting advice on the internet. Like I know even today, I just saw somebody who was like, oh, the thing that helped me grow my business and stop, you know, being stuck at a certain level was because I finally stuck with one coach for a really long time. And I let them learn me and guide me and all these things. And like, that can be someone's experience and that can be true, but that doesn't mean that has to dictate anybody else's experience. And I think like the problem with the internet and like trying to figure out how you want to do things and what makes you happy is there's so much conflicting advice on the best way to do things because everybody uses their own personal experiences to give you those roadmaps, those frameworks for success. Like someone's like, oh, eat this ever what I eat in a day. So those are a perfect example. Like mm-hmm. people who do what I eat in a day to look like this. And you're like, okay, cool. Well, let me go eat these things because I want to look like that. And then you're like eating those things and you're not happy. It's the same thing of anything in your life. Like just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean that's what drives your motivation, your happiness or anything like that. Yeah. And it's like thinking back, I'm like, I have worked with coaches for a very short amount of time, but then it's like my therapist, I've stuck with her for five years. Yeah. And it's like, why have I stuck with her? Am I still happy? And I always tell my clients, like, honestly, date your job, date your therapist, date your coach is like, they can help you for a short amount of time, get you to like where you want and everything. And then if it's not vibing anymore, if it's not the right advice, if it's not for you, like, that's okay to change. Like I have a lot of clients who changed their therapist because in our sessions, they're like, I don't think they're helping me anymore. I want to get a new therapist. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're doing coaching and therapy at the same time, which is very common and everything. But I have stayed with the same therapist for so many years. And it made me question like, is that bad? And I was Mm -hmm. like, no, because I'm still getting everything I need for her. I don't want to share the whole story and everything again. She is very on top of everything that is happening right now and extremely helpful. I don't feel like I need to go to another person. Yeah. The, the advice is still relevant. And I feel like therapy and coaching will obviously are different in a lot of ways, but even with how we work with clients, right? Like I feel like with therapy, if we think that it's like a lot of unpacking of the past, like there's a lot, the older you get, the more of the past there is to impact baby. Yeah. Um, and with coaching, like it's all about moving forward and giving you the tools to move forward. So it's almost like if you have all the tools you need to move forward and you feel confident in yourself. And like one of the things I work on with my clients is trust because a lot of people come to me and they do not trust themselves. They do not trust their decisions. They always have people making decisions for them. And it's like, if you learn how to trust yourself, trust your intuition, make decisions for yourself, create your own tools and systems. Like it's like, you don't, you might not need coaching for your entire life and that's okay. You might just need it for a season. You know, I have some clients who come to me and they have mindset problems and they just have a season of mindset problems as they're doing something brand new and they have to navigate that. Some people want to build entire new businesses and they just need the structure and the foundation and then they go. Right. And so I think like, for us, we're like justifying why we don't work with clients for a long time. But if you're looking for a coach or doing anything in your life, like you don't need anyone to justify what you're doing, how long you're doing it, how you want to do it. You have to come back to what do you need out of life? Ask for it and go do it without feeling judgment from others. Even if it's coming towards you, just like blocking. Exactly. Because you need to make your own decisions. Like we often just get stuck of like, well, this is how everyone tells, like, it's supposed to feel like this. My Mm -hmm. business is supposed to feel like this and everything. And like, okay, but is it, 
is that a feeling that you enjoy? Oh, you know what the best advice is for this? Everything is marketing, especially if you're a business owner. Everything is marketing and everybody's trying to sell you on something. And you're trying to sell people on stuff all the, all the time too, but everybody's trying to sell you something. They're trying to sell you on their idea, their best way to do things, their method. I'm selling people stuff every day. I have no problem. And I will say, I'll go on my Instagram, my TikTok, and I will tell you the best way to manage your ADHD, or not your ADHD, that's you, your burnout. I was going to say burnout. Oh my gosh, it's Friday, guys. Um, I will tell you the best way to manage your burnout, the best way to manage stress, but it's all going to come from my experiences, my client experiences. And that might not mean it's the best way, you know, like everybody's trying to sell you on their ideas and you have to navigate how to pick the best idea for you or how to collaborate with people to find the best idea for you. And that's why, in my opinion, I think the best coach is one that's going to collaborate with you, but Mm -hmm. that's also like, because that's the style that I have. So it might, it might not be the best for everyone, but that's my opinion. And it's like, the way that's shown up with a client of mine is we were, she is a musician. I, we've talked about her before. And when she was coming to me, she was got into this program and doing vocal exercise she had to do, but she wasn't doing them. And she was having a really hard time. And she's like, they only take like 10, 15 minutes. And like, I can't do them. She just has to like blow through these straws. And so we were working on that and like finding a way for do that. The first week we were working on it is I was like, okay, what can we do it when you're in the car and you're driving to work? Like, is that something you should like, Yeah, I think that's something that will work. She ended up traveling a lot that week because she had a concert, she had to go home and everything. And so it just wasn't a week where she had access to it. She didn't want to travel with them. And I was like, she was really disappointed, really disappointed to come and tell me that I was like, that's okay. Like, let's try it again. Do you want to try it in the same way? Or do we want to change? She's like, you know what? I really want to give this a, a real try. She always called it the college try. Hmm. Um, and I was like, all right, try it this week. She came back to me the next week and she was like, so that did not work, but here's what did work. I ended up doing it on my Twitch stream and everything. And it actually became a community activity. Everyone thought it was really funny. I was having fun with the people on stream and now I'm doing it every day on stream as like a part of my warm up and everything. And it's really fun and engaging. And I was like, you solved your own problem. Like we came up with ways for you to start doing it. And then you were realizing it wasn't working and she started problem solving herself during the week. Yeah. That was the goal. Right. And like, like somebody could have been like, no, like you need to force yourself to do it this one way. Cause that's the only way it's going to work. And that's just not realistic with any aspect in your life with like, even as small as something like that, like a little exercise that you need to do or something bigger, like figuring out, you know, who you're supposed to be, what your life purpose is, how you have to show up online. I have so many clients who are constantly battling, like who they have to be on the internet to get clients. And, you know, I think one of the biggest struggles that my business owner clients have is how vulnerable they can be and still land clients. Like, you know, I had a client a few weeks ago who was like, I'm a hot mess. All I want to do is go on the internet and say, I'm a hot mess. And you know, all these things about her personal life. And I'm like, okay, cool. We can do that. You can do whatever you want on the internet, but also like, how can you use that to inspire people? What can we add on about that? Cause that's not all you are, you know? And I think like we can get stuck in thinking about how we have to present ourselves, how we, how we think we are right now. And it's like, Where's the middle ground between who people expect you to be, the worst version of yourself you can come up with in your head, and who you actually are and how you want to show up in the world? Because that is where you're going to figure out how you want to do things, is is in that that positive mind space, that place where you're thinking about your future self and how she shows up, the vulnerable, the good, the bad, the ugly, and like owning all those pieces because that's where you derive what you want. And it's, I I get asked this so much, and we talk about this is how 
did I grow so well and so fast on social media? And one, we both believe there's no overnight success. I mean, occasionally. Like, it feels like it, person, but it's after a lot of work. I, it, there is some minor, minor cases of it where it's like one person posts one random ass TikTok in the, when it was first starting, you post a dance and it goes viral. Like that, yes, there were some. But on the most part, there is irregularly overnight success. And so on my business is like one, it is proof. My accounts are proof that it was not overnight success, but the way it really did start to take off is when I just started to say whatever to all the advice. Like I say constantly, I am every social media marketer, whatever worst nightmare, because I just do whatever I want. I post whatever I want. I say it however I want. I don't do it perfectly. I like to leave mistakes in and I just do it. And every single person is like, I don't understand. And I help a lot of clients like get on social media and everything. I'm like, you just have to start. You just have to start sharing something. And it slowly comes and you find what you like in that. And it happened over like three to four months. I was testing out so many things. And then I was like, I just want to do things that make me happy. And so then whenever Mm -hmm. a video made me happy, whenever I had a thought that I really want to share and everything, I just posted that. And then it just would go viral. And it just came true of like, I can do whatever I want. And as long as I felt in alignment with it, it worked. And so that's my social media strategy. And everyone hates that. But it makes me feel good and I enjoy it. Yeah. And the thing is, like, whenever I'm working with clients that are trying to figure out, like, what makes them happy, what do they actually want to do as a career or as a business or as a job or whatever, or even my clients who are recovering from burnout and they're trying to figure out how to make life fun again, like, all you have to do is follow your curiosity and follow your fun. And I wish we had enough permission to do that in our lives because that's how you stop people pleasing. That's how you stop being who you think you have to be. It's by like literally thinking like us in the middle of the day yesterday. Oh, you know, it'd be fun to go to the pool in between client calls. Okay, let's go to the pool. And like, do, if I looked at myself like three years ago and I was looking at how I was trying to run my business, I was still trying to be very corporate, very professional because a lot of the people I was looking up to were people who were like, you need to systematize your business. You need to work nine to five. You need to, you know, like treat it like a real business, all these things. But like a real business is whatever you define as a real business, real working hours or whatever you define as real working hours, a real job is whatever you define as a real job. And you know, there's so many people who would say what we do is not a real job at me. all. It's me. And it's me. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I was swimming yesterday. We're like, we were walking to the pool in between client calls and Victoria's like, um, these are the times when I question if I should get a real job. I'm like, we do have real jobs. Shut up. <laughs> but it's true. And it's like, but if you don't follow your curiosity, it's easy to let other people's little mindsets creep into your brain and tell you what you have to do or who you have to be. And I think something you said is like all the people who you liked inspired you when you first started and everything. I didn't have what I liked. And so (laughs) I had a lot of what I didn't like and I kept trying it and it felt gross. And I was like, I didn't know off the bat of what I wanted. And I was like, I honestly, it took a while. And I was like, I want to just basically talk to the camera as if I'm talking to a person and I want my videos to be a conversation. And so then I was like, then I just need to start doing that. And I did. And it took a while and everything, but I get comments every single day of like, I love your videos because it is like a conversation. I feel like you are literally directly talking to me. I do not understand how you have cultivated the community that you have and how honest it is, how genuine the replies are and everything. And it just feels 
like nothing out there. And I was like, that's what I wanted because it isn't out there. And I pride myself so hard on that. And it's sometimes hard to remember that because it's online and object permanence of online. I always have a hard time with understanding what I have built because you don't really, numbers don't really show that well. And so it, one, I will say, side note, tell people how much you mean to them. We forget to do this, but you don't always, what was the point of this? I have literally no idea. <laughs> Me too. I was um, like, where's do what you want. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you do not know what you want to do, I say, look at the negatives and what you hate. It's like dating. It's like, it always comes back to dating. It's like, you don't know what you don't like until you start dating. And then you start dating people and you're like, gross, gross, gross. Never again. Absolutely not. F that. Screw that. And you just make a list and start doing the opposite. And it's not cringe to do that. Okay. I want that to be said. Uh, I know I have over 800 videos and I will tell you the first like two months of videos, I hate them. Many of them mm-hmm. are viral. I would go back and delete some, but you know how long it would take me to scroll and like do that and everything? That's not worth my time or energy. But that's all out there on the internet to one show that I had a journey too. So that's good. But it's okay to not know it right away. And I think when goal setting, which we're going to have an episode on this soon, you're supposed to always state it in the positive. And we have a really hard time doing that at first, especially when we don't know what we want. And so I always have my clients, I'm like, okay, what do you not want? And let's figure that out. And they're like, mm. oh, thank you. Cause we often know what we don't want. Oh yeah. And so I'm like, just tell me what you don't want and then we'll figure it out. Okay. And so they can list it. So they can list like a thing of 20 things of like that they don't want and everything. And I'm like, okay, so then let's start changing these and everything. And then they start to like, oh my gosh, that's what I want. That's what I've been looking for and everything. And sometimes we just need another person to process our ideas because like we are too close to all of the problems, um, which is something you learn in like design school and everything. And that you, we talked about this morning, like you need to present your ideas to somebody who is your ideal audience, but also not in the not share everything that you just did so that they don't know that. And so that they're coming from a blind perspective to give you a better idea of if it's working or not. That's generally what I do for my clients a lot. And we just, we can work through the negatives, make the positives and find what you want. Yeah. I find a lot of times, like, you know, I feel like we can think that we know what we want and then it can change as we grow. Like a lot of my business owner clients who are scaling and like, like dreaming up their next level of their business or their career or their personal brand, like that's where they get stuck. Cause they're like, Oh, I thought this was how I had to do things. Like I've built my business up to the most successful I thought it could ever be. And now I'm like not happy because I'm overworked or I'm not doing things I love or my team members suck or like all these things. And it's the same process where it's like, okay, what do you not like about your current situation? It doesn't even like, it's so simple. Like your current situation, what do you not like? And how can we shift those pieces? Because the other thing that I've learned is like, if you don't know what you want right now, that's okay. Like you're exactly where you want to be. And I even think about this whenever I'm creating content and I'm trying to force myself to be creative and I'm like, Oh, I really want to launch this like free worksheet. And I want to create something that I can create an ad out of. And I haven't gotten the idea yet. And I'm like, that's okay. Maybe the idea isn't supposed to come to me yet. Maybe I'm not supposed to know what the next step is. Maybe I'm not supposed to know what my next level looks like just yet. Like if you can't define what you want, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. No matter how much the internet marketing world or sales world wants to tell you that, like you're exactly where you're meant to be. And if you want to feel that control, like 
Victoria said, look at what you do know, what you don't like, and just trust that if you follow that curiosity, follow those random ideas that you get, like everything that you're supposed to know about yourself will come through. And it also, it's like, you might just need more information and more conversations to help you guide there. And you're not ready for that. And it's like, they're going to start happening. And mm-hmm. sometimes it will take an extra week or two. And that sucks, but it's okay and allow it to do like when a thought comes and then you forget it, like don't force and track it and everything, allow it to come back. Cause it will come back at a better time for you. And also something we have started to talk about between ourselves is like, when we think that's what we want, we then, and then like, we realize that's not what we want and we start getting that and everything. And then we're realized like there is a, a higher thing that we actually want a bigger goal. And that was just the stepping stone. You almost have to grieve your initial oh, goal yeah, to allow yourself to go to the next step. And you have to be like, okay, like at that time with all the knowledge and everything that I had, like, I really thought that was it. And that's okay that it's not anymore. I have learned so much and I'm taking all of that knowledge with me to that next stepping stone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. It's like, you have to look at, okay, this is everything I thought I wanted. These are the goals that I had. And it's hard to like allow yourself to step back, especially if it's a goal you haven't hit yet to step back and be like, oh, I have a different goal. Oh, I want to do things differently. And so like, not only are we like trying to navigate a world where the the world tells us who we are, what we have to be and what we have to want. Then we have like, okay, maybe we get over the world telling us what to do. Now we're like, my past self really wanted this thing though. Am I dishonoring her by going a different route? And this happens to my clients all the time. I have a client who just enrolled with me and she has this like really, really amazing job, amazing career. She's been doing it her whole life, makes stupid amounts of money. And she's like, am I really going to give all of that up to start this new path, to start over, to do this new thing, to start this new business. And that can almost feel like a disservice to her past self who probably went to school and got a degree and did everything right. As they say, and climbed the stupid ladder. And now she's saying, no, well, my new dream is more important. And that's scary because it's like on top of the world telling you what to do. Now you're like disobeying. I put in like finger quotes, disobeying your past self. It's just like a super thing, weird thing to navigate, but it doesn't mean it's wrong because like I keep saying like your curiosity right now is more important than anything that's ever happened in the past. And I think in that process of going to that next stepping stone is in that grieving process, I used to think, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. I used to think that like yeah. this was it and everything. Or if I haven't achieved that and I need to go off, like, that's so embarrassing. She thought that. And it's embarrassing to admit that I'm not going down that thing. And I don't want to have to explain that to people. Mm. And I mean, like, that's in my business. I feel it a little bit less. And that's just because I don't talk about my business to that many people, if I'm honest, like in dating or in my friendship or whatever. I'm like, Oh, I, I am actually not with that. And like, we feel like the sense of embarrassment about it. And it's like, it's okay. Like you can own it. If you don't want to tell them or you don't want to share everything, that's okay too. You do not have to explain anything to anybody that you do not want to. Oh yeah. That's like how we, we always talk about how like you protect, you want to protect your dreams. Like you are not required to tell anybody what you want, what your dream is, what you're working on, what you're doing. You get to keep that in a little safe bubble until you have that armor built up where you are so confident that even if someone said the worst thing about the things that you wanted to do, you could take it, you know? And like, 
for a while, like I didn't tell anybody I was starting a, a business. I didn't tell anybody that I was going to quit my job. I didn't tell anyone I was getting certified as a life coach because I wanted to protect that for me because I knew that's what I wanted, but I was still battling internally with like, did I mess up? Is this a good idea? Should you really spend your life savings on this thing? Like this sounds kind of crazy. And until I kind of justified it in myself that it was a good idea, I waited. And that's okay. Like you are not obligated to tell people what you want, what you're doing. But once you feel comfortable enough, like do it with no shame because there is no shame in doing the things that make you happy. Yeah. You have the right to tell them whenever you want to, you get to decide that and like keep it as, in my opinion, keep your goals as close as you can at first because you want to nurture them. You do not want to just spread it all out because then you don't want to have to go tell them and everything that can be a part of our shame cycle is like, oh, now I have to go tell them like, I'm actually not doing that thing. I'm not starting that business and everything. Like, True. how do I explain them that I like took that? And it's like very shameful where you can just tell who you want. And it's hard to like, because you're really excited, especially with ADHD. It's like, you were so excited. You want to shout it from the rooftop and everything. That's okay. Shout it from the rooftop to your people. Shout it to the rooftop to yourself shout it to the rooftop talk to a camera about it i'm not even joking just film yourself talking about it you'll be excited to go watch them later on and like when you're having a bad day that's a great thing to like go talk to yourself like see those videos of why you're so inspired and everything in the beginning and it can reignite some energy but it's okay if that's not the route you go down in the end but also it's okay if you do and you're gonna learn and you you just don't know at first that's okay be curious the entire time. I think like once we get like, we're curious in the beginning and like once you get going, you lose that curiosity because you're like, oh, I just know what I'm doing. And yeah, you get in a flow. And you go into like the automation period and it's like, it is okay to automate sometimes, but like learn when to automate and learn when to pull back and get curious. Curious again. Yeah. You know, it's really annoying too, is like when people do share their ideas and their dreams and then like you just do it so often and you change your mind a lot and someone's like, because this has happened to my clients, so like, oh, another idea again? Yeah, sure. Like, and you know, people doubt them. So they're like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they don't follow through on them. And it's not because like you didn't follow through on it because you're bad or there's something wrong with you. You didn't follow through on it because it's not what you wanted to do. But then like when you shout it from the rooftop like that, then people start to judge you and they're like, oh, well, yeah, there's, there's half-assed Ashley again, who like, this has never happened to me, but like half-assed Ashley again, who's never following through on any of her plans and has all these ideas and never does them. Like that's a mean feeling to have like towards someone and a mean thing to say, but that's kind of like the security you can get in out of, out of protecting your goals, unless you get to the point where you're like, well, one, I don't have to explain myself to you if I do change my idea. So everyone can F off. That's dream. That's goals. Uh, mm -hmm. Layer underneath that is being able to explain yourself and say, yeah, well, I was going to start that third company, but you know, two is a lot and I don't have time for it right now or whatever it is. Um, but I think like the greatest place that we can all get to is not having to justify our, anything to anyone because that just leads into our people pleasing and you don't have to please anyone. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want. You don't need a reason for it um, unless you want one for yourself internally. And so something I tell my clients when like we get all these ideas and I do myself and my business is I have like a literal template in ClickUp, which is this, I don't know what to call ClickUp. What is ClickUp? Uh, task manager, task manager, project tool. manager. Um, I have a thing where it's just brain dumping ideas for my business. So I have a place to like go put all of them and then I can move them into another thing if I start working on them and start breaking them down. But 
I have a vault of ideas and I will tell you, some of them are shit, <laughs> literally, and I will never do. Oh my but gosh. I thought of them and I'm proud of that idea existing in my head and everything. Will I go down that route? Maybe not. And something I help my clients with is like in these times, because I have clients who are like, oh, I have a new idea and everything. And I'm like, okay. So, and this is not mean. I think sometimes we think at, at some point it's mean, but with ADHD and we have so many ideas, we get caught in this path of uh, having struggle prioritizing things is ask yourself these three questions. Is this an idea that goes with the goal that I'm working on and like going towards an overreaching goal? Is this because what I have right now is boring me and I need like a little side project, a little side path to kind of go on and need a break that kind of teaches me things in another way to then bring back to that project? Or are you looking for some dopamine right now? And that is okay. The thing is, stay curious in that. Do not shame yourself. All of those answers are valid. Sometimes your brain just needs a little bit of dopamine and you just need to go on like a little hyper-focus mission and you just need to get a little, a little new activity and know that that's what that is. So we're not going to invest as highly in that yeah. and that, you know, like, okay, this is going to be a little short thing. Cause I need a little bit of dopamine to go back into that original goal and to do the other things that you need to do. And that is okay. But we need to understand that and not shame that process so that we can go to our goals. Yeah, it's so true. I also have like a place where I keep all my ideas in my business because for me, I have a lot of ideas. Like I can come up with a million different programs. Like just like every time I solve a problem for my client, I can see the process we use to solve it. I can see the steps. I can see the framework. And that's why I love working on with people one-on-one -on -one because when I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, we get this like overarching process for solving a unique problem. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I could create a program. It could become, I could become help everyone with this problem, right? And there was a point in my business where I had so many ideas. I didn't know what to work on. I didn't know what mattered most. And this would happen with my clients too. Too. So what we would end up doing is literally sitting down kind of like how Victoria did and listing out every business idea they have, every offer, every podcast, every website, every side, side income that they could create. And we prioritized it in a couple of different ways and like their likes, their passion, their ability to do that thing right now, like all the factors that go into it. And that helped my clients like really start to prioritize, okay, what am I taking action on first? What excites me the most? What's going to benefit my audience the most? What's going to make me the most money? what's going to be the easiest to launch. And you know, that's how you start to create really fun things. Like Victoria's talking, like maybe short things that give you a lot of dopamine. My clients will have flash sales, like for maybe one week, they'll sell, they'll sell really short sessions or a really small product and they'll sell it out. And that was exciting. And then maybe they have bigger products where there are missions where they're like, okay, this is going to take a lot of thinking to plan. This is going to take a lot of things to launch. And like, it's not as exciting, but as in those planning periods, they have these like little fun things to do. That's how you can organize all your wants, all your passions and keep yourself motivated because it can get a little messy when you got lots of ideas and lots of things that you would love to do and lots of dreams to follow. And it's also like unrealistic, especially with ADHD to try and do like just a six month long project. Like you need little, so boring. you need little things to keep you enriched in that, to like learn more things for that, because that's going to help keep you engaged. You cannot. And if you can, I guess props to you, but I've never met a client or a person with ADHD who has been able to do it. And so that is okay. But like, we need other things. And often you, when you're starting that long project is you won't know everything you need at that point. And so you're going to need to learn things throughout that process, which is extra helpful of those side quests and everything to learn and bring that back. Oh my gosh. Because often, so often, I will say 90% of the times so you're going to learn something in that side quest to bring back to there and expand that long project even more. 
So true. And a side note on all of this is just because you want to do something doesn't mean you need to monetize that thing, which Victoria and I have been talking about all week long. We're like, oh, we're going to go meditate. Victoria's like, should I film it? Like, and so like, I think there's a lot of pressure in the society that we live in that like everything we want to do needs to generate, needs to be productive, needs to generate money, needs to be successful, needs to be worth your time. Um, and I just am here to say that if you want to start a silly little blog, because it's going to be fun for you to have a creative outlet to write and you want to put it somewhere, it doesn't have to be successful. It doesn't have to make you money. It doesn't have to do anything as long as you're happy doing it. And I think that's the part of like following what we want and doing what we want that we miss. We think it has to be this big, crazy success. I just want to go swimming. I just want to have fun. I just want to live my life. I just want to pay my bills. And if I can do things that make me feel excited and do that, then I'm happy. But I also need to know that there can be parts of my life that don't pay my bills, that don't do anything for me other than give me a peace of mind, rest, and joy. Exactly. Like not every single thing needs to be productive. Not every single thing needs to be your job. Not every single thing. And like, we, we feel so much anxiety of like needing to do that, needing to do that, needing to do that. And like, well, I, I can't stop. I can't stop. And it's like, it is okay to just be human exist. Like just go for a walk. You can lay on the couch and binge some Netflix. If you want to scroll TikTok, go scroll TikTok. If you want to just like lay on the couch and quiet, like you can go lay on the couch and quiet. If you want to go swimming, go swimming. I hope your hair doesn't turn blue or green. I can't wait to Whatever. watch it. <laughs> um, if you want to just go play with your dog and you just need like 30 minutes to go play with your dog. And, you don't like, have to film it. You don't have to film it. You don't have to do anything. You can just like enjoy yeah. in that moment and just be present, There's which a- we struggle with. Yeah. There's a content creator I really like who, um, well, she's a coach too, but every time it's the weekend, every Friday, she posts um, a picture on her Instagram stories and she's like, see you on Monday. And I'm like, what a vibe, what a vibe that every Friday she tells everybody, goodbye, I'm signing off. You will not see what I'm doing all weekend long because I will be doing whatever the F I want, which is like the whole topic of this. I actually saw like something yesterday, which is it's helpful to do that, to not post on your stories all the time, because then like if you're posting on your stories all the time, then people don't have a beginning of your stories. And so you need to like take days off so that you can have like a beginning and an end for your clients. You're like, goodbye. See you later. Which I think is interesting, but yeah. that's off topic. Um, but wait, okay. So let's sum up this whole topic with some action steps. Cause I feel like, you know, the topic is how to know what you want. Like, okay, if we had to break this down for everyone listening, maybe trying to figure out what they want out of life. And like, I'm thinking general framework for like what you want out of life, business, career, health, happiness with the first place we start. What would you think? Because hmm. part of me is like, okay, first, like, what what noise are you listening to? Like, let's take inventory of all the things that you think you want. Right? Like, okay, who, like me, if I think back to me when I had my nine to five, I think I want to be a vice president of marketing. I think I want to be a CEO one day. I think I want to climb the corporate ladder. I want to be known for these things. Like, that's where I would start. Like, what are, I think I want a husband who is X, Y, Z. I think I want this kind of health. I think I want this kind of hobby. Like, start there. And then maybe you can take inventory of like all of those things that you list and think, okay, on a scale of one to five, um, how much do I want this right now? And what is, for me, I'm like, what is the core essence of the thing that you want? So like, for me, I want to be a director or a vice president of marketing. I think I would be like the core essence of that is I want to be a leader. I want leadership and CEO. I want leadership. So then it's like, maybe if you draw out all of those things of the things that you think you want, you can get down to the core of what those mean in your life. And then you can start to say, I wonder if there's other ways that I can get those things. Cause I would have never thought, Oh, if I was a a leader, I could be a 
an entrepreneur. Oh, if I want to run marketing campaigns, like that means I want to be creative. Like where else in my life can I be creative? I think like there's a two part to that is like write that list of whatever like you want, like what is your dream life? What is everything that you have? And question it. And question like, okay, how important is each one of those things as well as like why do we want that? And like so Ashley saying is like I like that vice CEO, vice president of marketing, whatever. She wants to be a leader. What does being a leader make her feel? Why does she want that? Mm, and everything. Yeah, so ask yourself, like, why do I want a husband with these qualities, qualities or whatever? What is important into that? What will that make me feel? Yeah. Because like we ask, like, okay, so that will give me this, and then I'll be able to do this. And it's like, what do you want to feel? And then oh, me and Victoria were talking about this last night in the pool of like, once you know how you want to feel, you can start feeling all those things now. Like I was so obsessed with making money in my business and I was like, all I want is money. I want money. And then one day I was like, I was stressed. I was burning myself out for the bread. Okay. The bags were coming, but I did not care. I thought there needed to be more before I could be happy. And so I made a list of like, when I have money, I will. And I listed out all the things I thought I could do when I had money, all the ways I thought I could feel when I had money. And then I looked at that list and I'm like, what can I do? now and I'm like oh my gosh I'm such a silly person I can do half of these things now and like some of them were like open your Roth IRA start investing money um save up for these things and I'm like in some small way maybe it's not the you know ten thousand dollars I want to invest a month in real estate or whatever I can start investing ten dollars a hundred dollars two hundred dollars like small ways that we can start to feel the way we want to feel and you know like you're saying like how are you going to feel we talked about this last night too is like you know with partnership I thought when I got together with Adrian who's my husband and we weren't together yet I was like oh I'm gonna have adventures I'm gonna have really awesome conversations and it's like okay I can go on adventures with friends I can have really awesome conversations with friends and so you can have what you want now you just have to take inventory inventory of what you want, if it's actually what you want and what you think you're going to get out of it. And also sometimes it doesn't have to be that deep because I just want a, a, a partner that will take out the trash so I don't have to throw up, throw up every time I take out the trash. Yeah, you're kind of SOL on that. So I don't know how you're going to capture the essence of that now. Sometimes it, you don't have to read into that. Like yeah. to me, that would just make me feel like I don't have to throw up every time I take the trash out, which is important because I don't want to have to throw up all the time I take the trash out. Yeah, so you don't need to throw up that much. Yeah, and you don't so, have to justify that. You don't have to justify every single thing, but some things you can. That's just an example of it. It's like maybe to some person, like that sounds really stupid, but like to me, that is literally important. And I would genuinely ask that question on a first date. And if they think that's a red flag, then they're not going to take out the trash. Mm -hmm. It's so true. You know, I don't do, I don't do dishes guys. So, you know, that works out for me. I don't want to do dishes. I do partnership. It is right. And you're right. Like, I don't need to read into the fact that I don't need to do dishes. Like that's just a boundary. And I think that's also something to think about and what you want. Like there's obviously things you want because you're going to get a feeling out of it, but there's also just boundaries that you're going to have out of the things that you want. For example, I want a business that makes me feel financially free and luxurious and fun and uh, secure, but also I have boundaries in within that of how that looks. You know, I don't want a business that's going to make me work on the weekends and there's no feeling in that. It's like, I'm just not going to do that. I don't want a business that has clients who are super demanding that burn me out. Never going to happen. Not has happened. Worked through that, but I'm not going to do it anymore, you know? And so I think, yeah, you're right. Like there's like the, the feelings and then there's the boundaries of like non-negotiable. This is yep. it or it's not. And it's okay to have that. And it, I think I used to feel embarrassed of them in a way. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, that's going to be so bad. People are going to think I'm so weird. And I was just like, just own it. Just own it. Like, yeah, I throw up when I take the trash <laughs> out. All right. I'm honest. Um, are you ever going to see a video of that? No. Okay. Because we don't monetize everything over here. <laughs> uh, but also, 
why do you want to see a video of that? Uh, <laughs> and that's okay. I used to feel a lot of shame around that and terrified to admit that. And it, it was like, it's still hard, especially living alone in Mexico. It's hard. So I take out the trash early so that it doesn't smell. And I keep trash in the fridge here because ant issues, whatever, not getting into that. Um, <laughs> ask yourself what you want. Not everything has to be extreme detailed and insane about your life. Think about what you want, what you can start doing now and how you can start exploring that. And if you don't fully know what you want, ask yourself what you do not want. Booyah. You're welcome. That's all. And then write that list and then think of, okay, if I don't want this, then what does that translate into? You guys just got the coolest homework assignment to do out of any episode. You're so welcome. Two coaching brains coming together. Um, Okay. So usually at the end we do client stories, but I feel like, again, like we've told so many client stories this week. What is up with us? Do you have a theme of the week for your clients that you want to share? Um, Mine has genuinely been what we kind of talked about because I had... I'm working on boundary setting with a lot of clients right now and a client messaged me something and she was like, okay, so like, um, uh, this happened and everything. How should I kind of like reply to this situation? And I was like, what, what do you want? And she was like, oh, right. I didn't think about that. <laughs> and it's like, sometimes we just need somebody else from like, we're like, okay, this is this, this. And it's like, okay, wait, hold on. Okay. All that's happening. What do you actually want to do? Are you comfortable with that situation? Do you want to even go to that? Is that something you want to partake in? What are you doing by partaking in the situation? Like, oh, I need to process that first. I'm like, go do that. Oh my gosh. And so if you're caught in that cycle, ask yourself what you want. No, it's so true. That reminds me of a call I had with a client where this week they were like, oh, I need to have this really hard conversation with one of my team members. And I don't know what to say. And they're like, what do I say? Like, how do I address this? And I'm like, what do you want to say? And then they like went off and they're like, can, am I allowed to say that? And I'm like, I don't hear anything wrong in what you just said. And I think it's even like expressing how we feel that we're afraid to say exactly how we feel, exactly what we want, exactly what we need from people. And it's even asking in those situations, like when you go to have a hard conversation, when you go to set a boundary, when you go to tell somebody what you need from them, you know, it's easy to like look to people in your life and be like, how do I do this? What do I say? And just ask yourself, like, what do you want to say? How do you want the conversation to go? What do you want to get out of that conversation? Because those can lead you exactly to where you need to be and give yourself the permission to do it. And like, I think this too, of like in that vulnerability and boundary setting is like, we are so scared to admit to ourselves out loud of what we need. And mm-hmm. we're like, okay, this is like what I need, but like, I don't really want to tell anybody. Am I allowed to like, need that? Do I have to really tell them that? Yes, you do have to tell them that. Okay. I am here to tell you, you do. And it's going to be scary, especially the first times you're doing it and everything, but it's going to get better. It's going to get more comfortable. You're going to figure out how to do it. You're going to figure out the structure to do it. You're going to mess up. You're going to do it. It's going to be okay. You're going to learn how to set the boundary. You're going to learn the voice you need. Me, not so much in the sense of business. Still struggle with that. Sometimes, you know, like actually like her client apparently could say all that. Sometimes I want to say things I'm not allowed to say. So oh, yeah, that's true. I need training on that. But I have, people, I have people in my life that I'm like, okay, this is what I want to say. And they're like, okay, you're going to say this. And right. I'm like, okay, yeah. That's We're like, let's, say it. that's how you're feeling. Let's navigate this in a way where you get what you want now. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's okay if you don't know that and everything. And like, you can ask for help, but like, know what you want. Like the difference in that situation is I knew what I wanted from the situation, what I didn't know how to, to say, express it. but I didn't know how to express it in yeah. like a proper business way. And mm-hmm. so I had somebody else re digest, digest it and pour it out in a more professional manner. 
and that worked out in my favor. Um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you really wanted to pe- tell people F off or making my life really difficult, and you just cannot. You just yeah. cannot. Like I asked Ashley yesterday, I was like, do like lawyers, because they are very good on this. I was like, do you just get, do they have like a class where you, you learn this? Like, can I sign up for a class? Because like, I don't think I ever learned that because in design, it's very different. And then Ashley was like, yeah, I like literally had a class on that. And I was just like, yeah, that's how uh, I learned not how in talk. law school, but like in grad school, yeah. yeah. Master's in communication. So that's where you learn how to communicate, everybody. I never learned how to communicate. <laughs> design school. You are really good at visuals and I'm really good at audio. And um, here we are. Yeah. And so you take two people together and you just get a better team. Um, Anyways, well, this was fun. Yeah. Okay. Now you know what to do, right? Right. You like this podcast. Give us a five-star review. You go up and you hit the little download button. You subscribe. You leave us a review. Tell us what you thought. Subscribe, follow, whatever it says at the top. Right. Because I don't know where you're listening. It's different on every platform. I know. But we assume you'll figure it out because you want to listen to more episodes. I I heard you did from my brain because that's what I want. I want you to listen to more episodes. And so that's what you want to do unless you don't, which would suck because you've just listened to a whole podcast on what you want to do. Anyways, that's too long. I digress. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, follow us on social media. Everything is in the show notes that you need and, um, drop us a DM and let us know what you want us to talk about uh, next, what advice you're looking for, what questions that you have about your life business, um, following your dreams. And we can answer all of those on an upcoming episode. And, Tune in next week to see if we still have green hair. Oh, truly. Truly, (laughs) truly. Bye-bye. All right, bye.